Is It Transphobic? will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic? will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. So hi, everyone. This is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I am the creator and producer of the Is It Transphobic podcast. And today I'm being joined by Silas Barrett. And we're also being joined by Arcelin, the adorable cat that uh, lives in our apartment. So today we're going to be talking about Due South. Now, this is one I do not know this show. I've never seen this show. I believe I have some friends that like this show. I'm also just trying to get comfortable while we talk, so it may bump the mic a little bit. My profound apologies. There we go. So talk to me about Due South. What? Because I can tell you what I, based on this one episode, <laughs> think it's about. <laughs> yeah, it's like when the internet is just like, sum up Supernatural, person who's never seen Supernatural. It's yeah. always very entertaining. <laughs> Did you want to do that? Or do you sure. Want uh, I, why don't I try and sum up based on one episode that I've seen in season two, episode, uh, do we remember which episode 12, this is? Twelve. Twelve. Some like it read. Uh, based on this episode, it is about a Canadian polite Batman figure who is a former Mountie who is now a vigilante working with a policeman to solve crimes in Chicago? <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> so this um, show ran from 94 to 99, I think. Mm-hmm. It's technically four seasons, although the last two are kind of one season. And mm. it was made um, by American and Canadian production companies at the same time. Mm. And it is the story of a Mountie named Benton Fraser, not to be confused Benton with Fraser? Brendan Fraser, although Paul mm-hmm. Gross, the actor who plays him, is a very Brendan Fraser type, which makes it confusing. Oh, yeah. So I definitely say Brendan Fraser all the time. Mm-hmm. Benton Fraser, <laughs> who is... Every stereotype about Canadian manhood rolled into one character. He's got that sort of like, it's a buddy cop show. So he's got that sort of, like, he's the Sherlock. He's the sort of savanty one. But, like, he's from the far north. Like, Mm. the joke is the whole show makes fun of him for being very Canadian. He's very polite. He's very, you know, like, concerned with etiquette. He's, you know, always helping everybody. And he's got that, like, stereotype country boy in the big city once he comes to Chicago where he's making friends with everyone and helping everyone. And they're like, you can't help everyone in a city. And he does anyway. <laughs> hmm. um, but his, his traits drive all his Canadian friends just as crazy. The joke is that before he comes to Chicago, he's been progressively transferred north and north and north by the Mounties he works for because they're, he's still, like, too much. So he's working in the tundra in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, and just to just to state it, I know that you use the, the word crazy. We're using uh, that in the, like, it drives them up a wall. It makes them yes. annoyed. It, like, Thank bothers you. them. Yeah. Yes. Because mm-hmm, we're, we're trying not to use that Removing word anymore on the podcast. Removing that word from our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Um... In the first, in the pilot, he his father, who's also a Mountie, sort of a distant father figure, is murdered. And mm. so he sort of spends the pilot trying to figure out the mystery of what happens, which leads him to Chicago. 
and he mm. kind of gets attached to the people there and at the end of the pilot asks to be transferred to work at the Canadian consulate and he makes friends with a Chicago cop who's played by an actor who plays him like sort of a New Jersey cop <laughs> named Ray Vecchio mm. and they have a sort of like Italian city guy versus straight lace Canadian Mountie back and forth thing going mm. on and then in the third season they lost the actor Ray Vecchio goes undercover <laughs> with the mob and they bring in another man whose name is Stanley Kowalski oh that is a to name play like the the cop is basically he's like filling Ray Vecchio's shoes mm -hmm. so that no one knows that Ray Vecchio is missing and that guy is played by Callum Keith Rennie Mm. Of, amongst other things, who um, was, of course, on Battlestar Galactica mm. and a lot of other things. So it's the show is just tongue in cheek. It's silly. Um, Fraser is, you know, knows everything about everything. Uh, he's mm. often, which is a little problematic, um, he's often sort of relating adventures to stories about the Inuit and the people that he knows back in the wilds of Canada. Mm. Um, he tastes things off the ground all the time to find out where they that. came from. Yes, See, he does that's where I was episode. thinking, like, he Batman. He does it in like... every episode, almost. He's just, like, tracking, using, like, tundra tracking methods in the streets of Chicago. Oh, God, is that what's going on? Yes, like, he, okay. he's very, he's got this very sort of, like, almost Superman quality to uh -huh. him that sort of plays off of that, like, mm. magical people who understand nature. Mm -hmm. plus being a straight-laced Mountie type. Mm. So it's 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 really something. The show is... <laughs> I, it's hard to describe the mm. show, but it's uh, it's very camp. Mm. The ghost of his father shows up and, like, <laughs> talks to him and, and like... Tells him his uncle like, killed him. Right, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> his, his dad's best friend killed yeah. him, yes. Yep. Oh, God. Um, yeah, he solves what happens in the, mm -hmm. in the pilot, but he doesn't get to actually find the other Mountie who killed his dad until the last episode. It's another Mountie? It's another, it's a cover-up. They were taking, oh my they were God. taking bribes. I was making a Hamlet joke. Oh my gosh. Yes. I kind of well, dig this. And it's this? Paul Gross who then went on to huh. do Slings and Arrows. So it's like the whole Shakespeare thing. There's oh actually an episode in here which is a little problematic, but mm -hmm. still also kind of good. Not in this show. And not in this Surely. show. Surely. Where he goes undercover in a mental hospital oh, and it's God. called North by Northwest. Oh God. Like, and Paul Gross had a lot of like influence in this. So his love of Shakespeare comes out. Mm -hmm. He gets a guitar out and sings music during one episode on a train mm -hmm. full of Mounties. Like the show is wild. Oh my gosh. And it is definitely that cult <laughs> favorite. So why this show? Because we're we're talking about it. We've mm -hmm. mentioned the episode specifically, yes. so that people can look it up if they want. But what is it about this show? Because you brought this one to me. Yes, I asked I you, did. like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, my favorite show ever <laughs> has an episode that we can mm -hmm. do for Is It Transphobic? Mm. So walk me through some of this episode. I've taken some notes. Okay. Um, but walk me through what you remember about this episode. Cause this is like, obviously like you've rewatched it where it's fresh in the mind, but like <laughs> yes. what, what was like going into it? Like, what did you remember that you were like, I know we need to talk about this episode. Well, I originally watched this show when it came out, mm. which of course I, I feel like the show overall, it definitely has problematic aspects, but for the time does pretty well. Mm. And the character of Benton Frazier 
is a great male character because he's loving, he's protective, he's very kind. He also has, he's very literal and he has mm. that sort of savanty kind of thing going on, which mm. is uh, very appealing, uh, I think, to a mm. lot of people in media. It, it feels very like the 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 what do you call it like the the, the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. Type yes, of like, yeah. yeah. If the, mm-hmm. if the show had come out today, people would make a lot of the same comparisons. I think, except the difference is that Cumberbatch Sherlock has to learn to be a nice person. His his sort of differences mm. make him kind of a jerk in the beginning of the show, and he sort of learns. Whereas Fraser's thing is he just brings He's too love. Canadian. He's, he's so like, yeah. Canadian, right? He can't just, be like a snippy Brit. He's like a sweet <laughs> Canadian Mountie man who's like everything that you want lawful good to be mm-hmm. that it usually isn't. Yeah. And, you know, he just like helps every person, you know, and, and Ray's running around going, you know, Fraser, you can't get involved in everybody else's mm. problems all the time. But then of course he inspires ray to also so so Mm. as a a young person seeing like a male character like that really Mm -hmm. moved me so Mm. you get sort of the best of buddy cop stuff the best of as you point out that little bit of batman kind of like (laughs) Mm -hmm. good guy superhero kind of thing and also this really warm loving character also the new guy stanley kowalski it's so gay the relationship between the two of them and it's very Mm. clear that the show kind of intends it. They don't say it. Yeah. They're, but it's they're kind of queer baiting like, or is it I don't less know. That? It feels good okay. faith to me. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just to, just to clarify, queer baiting is a lot more like bad faith or is it more, yeah, it's more yeah. like supernatural where as mm. soon as the fans get excited about it, they're like, no, 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 like, no homo where this show, like uh, it okay. feels like it's very much about, you know, the, the, the friendship with Ray Vecchio is like, he's his Benton's best friend. Yeah. But Stanley Kowalski, who also goes by Ray throughout the show, including once they leave, mm. they like ride off into the sunset together, like on a dog sled to go hunt for the Northwest Passage, <laughs> which is a do. myth. So they're just like they literally have this beautiful mythic <laughs> ending. This is amazing. So it's it's oh. very much you know very popular amongst the uh, fanfic writers and the mm. queer community in that respect. So I think that's the kind of stuff that really makes me love it. Mm. Plus, it's just campy and silly. The mm-hmm. first episode I ever saw, uh, um, there a whole train of Mounties gets mm. like kidnapped by terrorists, and I turn on the TV and Benton Fraser is hanging on the underside of a train talking to his superior <laughs> through the toilet, <laughs> and then at the end they like reach through and shake hands, and then he like climbs back, and I was like, "What is this show?" <laughs> I'm kind of in love with it. It's amazing. Oh. And it, there's just like every episode mm. has moments like that. It has a couple mm. misses in the show, but overall mm-hmm. it's kind of incredible. Mm. And it's um, it's sort of like a police procedural. Every episode is yeah. like a new mystery that they're trying to like crack the case of. Mm. Um, so we're going to get into my notes in a second. But before yes. we do, can you just set up what the mystery of this episode was while I track down the cat? You can hear all of the sounds outside. I apologize. <laughs> we're using new tech. I'm waiting on some new cables so that we can cut this down. But we've got the sounds of the city. Enjoy it. Silas is going to tell you about the episode, the way that we are introduced to the reason that we are talking about it. Yes. <laughs> so this episode, Some Like It Red is about um, some young girls who go to a Catholic boarding school. 
Ray Vecchio runs into an old girlfriend who is now a nun who is looking for a runaway student and enlists Ray's help to track her down. And she has been, unbeknownst to the characters, selling fancy old antiques and things uh, mm -hmm. around the city. And uh, they don't want to involve the police. So Ray wants to put someone on the inside of this all-female Catholic boarding school and can't find a lady he trusts to do the job. So Frazier goes to the store and shows up in Ray's, like at Ray's desk in the bullpen of the, you know, cop uh, station, mm -hmm. dressed in full drag and actually fools Ray. Mm -hmm. Specifically, and the way that they shot, they, the way that they shot it, I made sure to take a look. They did the whole thing where like the camera is following the character from behind. Yeah, like and the legs. Mm -hmm. You kind of know where this is going, but at the same time, it's like, oh, are they going there? Yeah. And so he sits down uh, and tries to start a conversation. But of course, uh, and I can't keep them, but like straight laced cop is very, Ray, Ray, Ray is very uh, like, oh, I'm in the middle of something. I can't find this thing. I gotta, uh, no, I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like I'm from New Jersey, even though this is Chicago. He, does. he really does. He really uh, does. Everybody else in the entire show sounds Canadian. And this one guy sounds like he's from New Jersey. And most of it is shot in Canada. So mm -hmm. except when they do like distant city shots <laughs> of the L and stuff, it doesn't look anything like Chicago. It's really funny. But anyway. Um, so they're doing this and then like he realizes, oh my God, this is my partner. What? <laughs> Frazier, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Frazier? <Yeah>, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like your Ray impression. Thank it's you. very good. It's, I think it's pretty spot on. Yeah. Having watched one episode of the show. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they do that, and then they're talking about it, and uh, Frazier says something to the degree of, man should experience life as a woman to better understand themselves as a man. And I kind of immediately dug that, but at the same time, it felt very, like, 80s, 90s, basic, like, uh-huh, where this could, this could still go in a bad yeah. direction. And it's but... also another one of those things where he references, like, an Inuit tribe, that believes this. Oh, so, is that? Which happens okay. all the time. He always mm -hmm. has these extended stories mm -hmm. about, like, the native peoples of Canada to, mm -hmm. like, teach people lessons about, like, being good and being brave and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, like, it gets a little noble savagey and kind of weird. Yeah. Like, and, again, mm -hmm. for the time, when certainly when I was watching it, I was like, mm. okay, like, this is, like, more respectful. And he mm. definitely, you know, does mention things like the very first episode, the cover-up is about a mm. dam that's been built faulty so they're secretly flooding it at night and like killing the caribou and like destroying the land and mm. and Fraser gets to talk to some of the local people so they're they're trying but it definitely smacks of sort of that early 90s kind of mm. like the the brand oh of, how could this be racist racism yeah, yeah. right like mm -hmm. this this main character understands these people and yeah. you're like oh mm -hmm. no it's like, so. and it wouldn't really have been better if they just had a person from that either, yeah. kind of, like, writing. It's like, okay, yep. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that's, oh man, I didn't even catch that. I was just like, oh yeah, okay. That's yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty decent thing because to say. Because it's but, yeah. the second season, mm -hmm. they no longer are doing the thing where people stop and go, oh my gosh, you're going on this long, like, Ray sort of accepted mm. all of these weird tangents that Fraser goes on. <laughs> so it, it makes it hard to catch if you're not accustomed to the patter. Mm-hmm. But he does it, yeah, he does it a couple mm. times. 
Now, let me ask you this from the character, because so he goes undercover, uh, and A, I actually really want to praise, one of the things that I enjoyed was that he didn't really change the way he sounded. Yes. Which in some ways, this is kind of a double-edged sword, because in some ways, what is bad about that is, like, there is that trope of the, like man dressed as a woman who doesn't try and is like usually portrayed hideously ugly and awful and just like and but everybody is like oh well clearly that's a woman Mm. uh and that like you get that in uh, the box trolls and you get that in there are a couple of other right where it's sort of there to be like dramatic irony for the audience yeah like ha 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 these people are fooled by this obvious yeah but they actually portray it both in the the outfits the makeup the hair and also his portrayal that as much as he's not changing much about himself it actually kind of works mm. and it feels very natural and it feels very like like okay like you're you're not doing a caricature of a woman either yes like i i agree with that and i i definitely felt that he he makes his voice a little bit softer okay um i noticed um and but his mannerisms don't change at all. He mm. has the same body language. He does the same things with his hands and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, so, it, if you know the character well, you mm. don't. You really don't feel like there is a, a show being put on. Yeah, so much. And and again, like even then, that can be a double edged sword because a lot of people will say like, oh, you know, like and and there are even some jokes that we'll get to that are a little like. Okay. Definitely somewhere. I was like, I want to know what Ashley thinks about this joke. (laughs) But for the most part, I actually didn't hate them. Um, There was one that like immediately stood out to me when she's introduced as a substitute (laughs) and she goes in and she turns around to, I think like write her name on the blackboard or I'm saying, you know, like the character, Fraser's character goes to turn uh, to write their name on the blackboard and one of the girls shoots a spitball Mm -hmm. and Fraser turns around, catches it. Yep. Which is a thing that happens a lot. Is it? Yes, okay. It's the, so this is a thing the same that's, sort mm-hmm. of like magical wild man like oh reflexes and mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. you know great sense of smell amazing reflexes mm-hmm. there's this whole joke about how Fraser's like this incredible sharpshooter but he doesn't have a license to carry a firearm in Chicago so because oh, so, that comes up yeah because yeah, he yeah. gives the gun mm-hmm. to Ray when they get away from the bad yeah. guys he's always doing that and like they're like we don't mm-hmm. believe that you maybe this is just a thing and then mm-hmm. they think they're Canadians on a boat and they literally guns. cross yeah. into Canadian waters like during mm-hmm. a big battle and he throws Fraser a gun and he like, takes out all the bad guys so he's got all of those sort of like <laughs> super almost superhuman tropes yeah um so yeah it's very in character for him to just like without looking just like catch something out of the Mm. air he's great with knives he like throws knives and like has perfect accuracy and it's also he does that thing um it's like the five p's or whatever like perfect preparation prevents poor performance so it's like all of these superpowers are in his sort of perfect canadian (laughs) organized etiquette thing mm. plus nature mm. and knowing about dog sledding and stuff <laughs> <laughs> caribou wow okay yeah yeah nope so that all makes sense so okay because my thought just again seeing this episode out of context just this one episode is immediately it's like oh okay you're much better at this like that idea of like because Every student, and I think that we can all identify with this, every class, every student, whenever there's a substitute, there's always that little, like, spark of, oh, can we mess with this person? Oh, okay, this is not the normal. Oh, this person's okay. And so they're 
are definitely two girls in the class that are sort of all about trying to see what they can get away with. Yes. And immediately it struck me as like, uh, because this is uh, because this is really a man. It's like, oh, this is why you can't get one over on him because it's really a man. You thought you were dealing with a woman. And there are statistics and uh, studies that have been said that, like, yes, uh, teens and students tend to be, like, younger students tend to be harder on female teachers in general, especially substitutes. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, out of context, it felt like that's what it was going for. But hearing a lot more of the context, I can see how that might not be. That is also something like Mm. people are always like, oh, you're a Canadian. You're not tough or you're Mm. from the country. You're not savvy enough. He's constantly encountering these different dynamics, both from like villains Mm. and also just from people in general. Yeah. So it is it is a the same kind of trope that happens over and over again. So it does happen in other parts when he's. Not disguised. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Nope. But that <laughs> that makes sense. Um. So they're they're working on an art project in this class, and one of the girls basically he goes over to the girl who I believe he I I don't I'm like some of it I didn't completely follow because I was like paying attention to specific things mm-hmm. and being like all right what like my analytical brain was on it I couldn't right. watch it a second time, um, but at one point he's talking with one of the girls who i think he thinks knows her like knows the person that they're trying to track down yes she's her best friend yes that's right and he was like oh this is a lovely thing oh yeah it's it's me it's like oh it's like but she's not she's frowning and then he just starts asking her to smile and that did not I mean, it was bad then, I bet, but, like, it did not age well at all. No, it's... It was just like, ah! the worst. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. At least the most personally cringy moment for me as well. Even Mm. I remember watching it when I was younger. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he has this... He he does the the fact about taking more muscles to frown than to smile. Yeah. And tells her to save her energy because she's going to need it in her childbearing years. Oh, yeah, that was my note. I hate all these dialogue with the kids. sort of like as a fan of the show mm-hmm. i'm very willing to forgive it because again <laughs> it is very in character mm-hmm. for him and because i know the character so well and i trust the character so well i'm mm-hmm. like this is not you know the the smile thing is a control thing and and, <laughs> and that's not for him so, so but it definitely <laughs> i still don't like it oh the noises i'm making all right <laughs> I think this is the the one that I've made my most yeah. interesting noises throughout. Yeah, and it's and definitely maybe... supposed to read as like he's found this girl who's bullied and who's sad and is mm-hmm. is doing a comforting presence kind of thing. You know, she definitely mm-hmm. within the narrative, the character is comforted and and excited that mm-hmm. you know Fraser has tweaked the sculpture so that she's smiling. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, mm. but it definitely is not. I don't think you would do it that way today. Yeah. I feel like, oh, that just needed one more round of edits with a woman in yes, the room. exactly. And that people listened to. But yeah. Um, the other, the next note that I have is, like, it's when he follows her to, and, like, again, like, I apologize for not having the specifics cool. down. I was, like, taking I've notes and being like, ah. I've seen this show um, so many times, and mm. I don't remember the names of any of the students <laughs> either, so please don't feel bad. But he follows the best friend out of the class afterwards to talk to her a little bit more and she says something about how she basically just immediately trusts him because 
uh, and but kind of is still a little off-put and not sure because no one's really who they say they are, is her quote. It's that uh, no one's really, like, she just has a hard time with them because no one's who they really say they are, and particularly from a trans lens. Mm. And again, I want to be clear for our, our audience when I say that I'm looking at that from a trans lens specifically, it's not that I'm looking at that character as trans, it's there aren't a lot of trans people in this time period on camera yes. and represented well. So we're looking at this as this is what people are looking at when they're thinking about a trans person. Mm -hmm. And from a trans lens, it absolutely perpetuates that idea of like a ha ha ha, the joke is rooted in we're, like this person isn't who they say they are. Mm -hmm. And in this one context, yep, that's true. That's yeah. <laughs> that's not a lie, uh, but at the same time, it's tough because again, without the representation for us, it means that they're people are filling in the blanks about yeah. us in that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. I find that very interesting too because I definitely see where you're coming from, mm. and I, in the larger context of the episode mm. and what this character is struggling with, um, I never was quite sure like what they meant because it seems like mm. she's not saying that because she's secretly suspicious of this substitute teacher she's right. saying that about other things mm -hmm. but it's unclear it doesn't seem to be a reference to anything else in her experience like she yeah. has she has bullying problems she mm -hmm. has her friend who keeps running away and kind mm -hmm. of influencing her to do the same mm -hmm. but then at the end of the episode they had once she finds out that fraser is undercover in drag basically she's mm -hmm. like well you you lied to me mm -hmm. and they sort of have this conversation where first like well yeah no i'm not a woman like it's not mm -hmm. that was a disguise but everything else that i told you is true mm. and while i think ultimately like you can't get away from it being a little problematic what i yeah. like about the sentiment is the idea that fraser's basically saying whatever clothes i'm wearing when i talk to you like it, it, it wasn't actually dishonesty in any way that really mattered. In some way. In See, some, I'm with you. Some, I'm with you. I think you. they're trying yeah. for mm -hmm. that. I, I think once you it get gets, into like... It also gets clunky because, like, it gets clunky in a way that is like, would she have talked to him even though she said the... Th even though... Man, I'm, I'm fucking up with the pronouns. Even though he yeah. said <laughs> well, all it, the things. Because, like, again, yeah. this is the first time I've watched this right. episode. And I'm You're mostly like, seeing him portraying a woman. I don't even know what... Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, but, like, because he is... And this is where we get a lot of this, like, issue of the rhetoric being, mm -hmm. unfortunately, rooted in a lot of this type of media. Is where it, it it is absolutely, like, would she have confided in him? Would she have talked to him like this? Yeah. And maybe she would have. Maybe if he was just her teacher or something, mm -hmm. like, if they had had, like, if this was, you know, with a television show, you need everything to move. And even then, like, the beats moved a little quicker than yeah. is to be expected in reality. But at the same time, it, it just felt like... It felt like it was still a little bit of a betrayal, but that's not because... If if Fraser was a trans woman, it would have been different. Yes, and I think that's where I'm having a little bit of a disconnect on mm -hmm. that. Is that because he's not a woman? Yeah, because there's nothing. Because he is a cis man in drag. What he said, and you're right. What he said, absolutely. Yeah, that's all true. It's all like 
there's a lot of positive, but boy, it really does take on a different context when mm-hmm. he is in an all-female space, dressed as a woman. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah, oof, no, it, it's, it's yeah. really true. And I think mm-hmm. it gets, you know, the show trying to be progressive mm-hmm. um, is very much like in that sort of like first wave feminist space too, mm. where it's like that sort of equal but different yeah. kind of thing, you know, like mm-hmm. the comments that he makes like, you know, about childbearing and stuff like that. And there's mm-hmm. like a little bit of that myth around womanhood and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, which gets caught up in there too. And also these shows in general, especially <laughs> I noticed like cop mm-hmm. procedurals I and mean, even mm-hmm. things like I'm a big MacGyver fan and you see this all the time oh my in God, MacGyver. I love MacGyver. It's so weird and I love I it. I love MacGyver. But you see this all the time in <laughs> MacGyver too, where is this, this sort of, assumption that we're, we're like trying to be liberal and progressive in our yeah. messages but we're we're working with this sort of idea of things like that the mm-hmm. men and women are different mm-hmm. um you know we want to talk about how bad racism is and how white people cause mm-hmm. it but also when we want to talk about how then you know there's like macgyver episodes where he's like <laughs> they're like trying to get the black people to stop perpetuating the violence that was taught to them by white people and you're like you're so close and yet so far like, and there's a lot uh, of that MacGyver. sort of like Yep. children need to be taught and they don't know mm-hmm. and so like there's almost an insinuation that like mm. she's she's a kid and she doesn't understand that she should mm. trust this person so the deception is more about the fact that kids don't know better and you have to kind of trick them and teach them better that mm, comes yeah. up too which i think mm-hmm. kind of falls into that same category yeah and then there's no trans people mm-hmm. it's only cis men in drag yep and it muddies the water a lot and and i think a thing that comes up especially when we talk about pieces outside of a time period like from a different time period where some people will say like oh well you have to put it in context with the time period you have to put it in context with uh like the the what's being produced and honestly like yeah i hear that but at the same time i feel like no because we existed back then women existed back (laughs) then like literally all it needed was like one more pass from a uh a a cis woman as well Mm -hmm. and maybe it would have been a little bit better it still wouldn't have been great it still would have had issues and i think that we can call it on that but uh, honestly like it did not pull me out of the episode it's just a thing where it's like i gotta take note of that Mm -hmm. like yep that's that's a thing to note um so I think we're at a good time to take an ad break because we have those now. Woo! <laughs> awesome. So we'll be back in a, another moment and we'll talk about more Do South. Welcome back. So Silas, we were talking, we got into a, a really good discussion sort of about uh, time periods and whether things can exist in that time period bubble. Uh, but... I want to talk about the fact that um, there is one thing that he said, and I kind of loved it, and I thought they were going to go in a different direction, like immediately after where we were, where he's in the back of the car, and he's getting changed into his Mountie outfit. Why is he still wearing a Mountie outfit? Is it that he is, is it that he's not a cop, so he doesn't wear 
normal clothes? It's, Does he have no clothing? Bit, it's like, a little bit. Yes, he has no clothing. He, he just, actually, just go to go to Sears. That's that's from the time, right? Yeah, you can no, go to he, Sears. He, go to JC Penny, no buddy. There's there's a episode in the first season. Do they not pay him? I'm sorry, I keep railroading yeah. you with these questions, but there's so many questions no. that are coming up. Okay, like, so is he not getting paid for his this work? boss? Hates him first of all. Um, I've had bosses that hated me and pay me. She makes him stand during his shifts at the consulate. She makes him stand outside and not move like the Mm -hmm. British. Like a a Bobby? Yes. Like just because she's mad at him. I forget why. It gets more complicated, but it Mm -hmm. starts out being something to do with like he requests this position. Okay. She's like, you got to pull strings because your dad like was a really important Mountie and this was my job kind of thing. So she's just like out to get him. Of course, they have a romance by the end of the show. Oh yeah, I mean, a sort of a, a will they, won't they, and they never do, but it's kind of always there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's a thing. But also, it's like he's just a weird, quirky dude. He he ends up trying to get this reporter mm-hmm. to like help him with a, a a mystery in the first season, and she invites him out to dinner. And she's like, "Do you have another suit?" Because he's wearing the red Mountie uniform, and he's like, "Yes, I have another suit." So he shows up in the the casual brown Mountie uniform because that's all he has. Just or like, I think it's the other way around. But anyway, like yeah. So it's like it's they just take this idea and they just push it to mm-hmm. like the 11th degree. Oh my gosh. So yeah, he doesn't, ha- he does eventually wear like jeans mm-hmm. and plaid occasionally. See, at this point I would be so confused. Yes. Like if, if this is like, and I'm only seeing one episode and the episode he's in women's clothing. It's not yes. even like I'm seeing no. him only in he's, his mountain attire. He's often wearing his mountain attire all the time. And he like liaisons sort mm-hmm. of officially slash unofficially mm-hmm. and just is Ray's partner. And it's very clear that like, Everybody just kind of accepts it. It's not an official departmental thing. They're just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Fraser's here again. And mm-hmm. he solves all the cases because he licks things off the ground and tells us where the bad guys are. So we'll just let him have this one, you mm-hmm. know? And Ray's the, the cop that's difficult mm-hmm. to work with. So everyone's just as happy to like make him mm-hmm. work with Fraser. But yeah, it's... it's mm-hmm. it's it's. Because I, I will admit, and I'll get back to the, the moment that I was referencing in a moment, but I will admit, I would love to see... Because my other question was, is this like an international cop exchange program? Because I would love to see the other end of this where it's just a bunch of polite Mounties and then this one jerk from Jersey who's like, ah, oh what gosh, is, yeah, that get, get that moose out of the street. Ah, like what's our, yeah. can, what are Canadian problems? Take, like maple syrup? No. Yeah, they do take Kowalski uh-huh, up to into Canada, Canada for oh, various great. episodes mm-hmm. and he's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think actually they take Ray too and they get chased by gunmen on dog sleds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because obviously, because that's this show. There's a whole episode where Fraser has to be a bodyguard to a famous hockey player mm-hmm. because Paul Gross likes hockey and he's in it's Canada. So I feel just like hockey, you know, like why? I don't know. Just... I feel like I don't ever want to watch another episode. Of this. Not because it's bad, <laughs> but because I'd rather just have you explain episodes to me. Like that actually sounds like a much better thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the the moment that I was talking about, he's getting changed in the back of the car, and I was really worried that this was going to be like. I don't know. It seemed like he wasn't in a traditional cop car, so he was in like a yeah. regular, like, like or an Ray's undercover, fancy. Yeah, it's his so... own personal car. You okay, know, like, all the like the Winchesters have to have their car. I <laughs> it's it's like a fancy mm-hmm. old car. I'm just picturing them getting pulled over, and he's like <laughs> half undressed and half like in all the makeup and everything, and it's just like, all right, I'm really worried. This is where they're going with this, but they didn't. So to their mm. credit. I am happy they didn't go in that direction. It was still a, he's getting changed in the back of the car. Um, and he says, 
I think the person who invented pantyhose should be brought up on charges. And then Ray responds like, yeah, well, most people who wear those don't wear, don't, what? Right. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it keeps getting in places. And so Ray goes like, yeah, yeah well, most people who wear those don't have mo- those places. Yeah. They're in like, the most inappropriate places. That's what it was. Yeah. Yep. And he was just like, I actually kind of like that joke. <laughs> I actually, and I'll tell you why, like, and again, like, they weren't thinking about this at the time, and you know mm-hmm. that they weren't actually thinking about this at the time, yeah. but at the same time, they kind of kept that joke open, where it's like, it's not saying all, it's yeah. not, it's, it's most. most. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, I feel that, like, statistically, yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, I don't, and again, like, I don't think that they were making that joke specifically to yeah. keep it open <laughs> to trans folk, but at the same time, they were like, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of times, and we've talked about this before in other mm-hmm. episodes, one of the things you run into so often when you're trying to talk about transness and transphobia and these ideas in these shows that don't really acknowledge the existence of trans people, mm-hmm. a lot of what you're talking about is how homophobia affects how we see mm-hmm transness how we see people not behaving in what we sort of the the binary system Mm -hmm. and that i think is why this show this episode feels pretty good overall yeah there's not a lot of like we're uncomfortable that fraser is in these clothes or ray's uncomfortable or you know Mm -hmm. ray and fraser end up dancing together at the school dance and there's Mm -hmm. it's not a lot of like and even then ray does that to cut in to save him from like a to to talk to his partner but also to save him from dancing with someone else who is like a just a bad dancer but like hey he's owning it (laughs) which which to me Mm -hmm. like when when Fraser's kind of stuck dancing with that male teacher, mm-hmm. it's very much more reminds me of how women feel when men are like yep. not going to take. You know, he said mm-hmm. he says you dance with me, and Fraser's like, no, no, yep. I'm not. I'm just here, and he like keeps mm-hmm. pushing it until Fraser has to say yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's that same kind of thing that it feels more like. And then he's negging this character like and, and for those that don't yeah. know negging it's literally just like saying negative things but in uh like either a positive way or in a way that is trying to get someone it's a coercive mm-hmm. tactic that a yeah. lot of uh but he's like oh uh yeah i like big women yeah big women got st- yeah. i forget exactly more of a good thing more of a good thing yeah and it's just like <laughs> what i haven't fuck. memorized all these episodes i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> so so with uh with that the the other <laughs> i actually all of these jokes, like no matter what, all of these jokes are predicated on the idea of um, man in a dress, man in a dress yes. equals funny. And um, we all know, mm-hmm. and most of the characters don't know, so there's yeah. that sort of like the audience gets to have a titter because Fraser's yep. stuck in this mm-hmm. role where people think mm-hmm. he's a woman. And so the next thing, the next note that I have, and I actually really liked, specifically because of the way that they're portraying the characters and because of the way that they did this one, I actually really enjoyed this joke. It was um, the the two little, like, troublemaker kids were like, We're on to you, miss. They didn't sound like this. I'm just putting on a voice. We're on to you, miss. The way you're always opening doors for women and polite and you're tall. You're a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually kind I'm of... I'm so glad you liked that joke. <laughs> Doug, I can I get why people wouldn't, mm-hmm. and again, like because it's all part of that one right. joke that has an inherent transphobia to it. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I kind of dug it. <laughs> yeah, like, like I can't deny I laughed. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Fraser's like, do you think we could just keep this between us? <laughs> well, say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's just like you know, like I I liked it because, and again, like because Fraser was portraying, like the the actor portraying Fraser was portraying his undercover uh, role as very genuine to the person, Mm -hmm. and because of that, there is that like I I don't know, like I I thought it was actually like really well done, and it's still again like the joke is never not going to have that under undercurrent, but. Yeah, it was all right. Mm. Like, yeah, okay. It was more about the, it was more of a Canadian dig than it was a trans dig. Mm-hmm. But it's there. Yep. Yeah, it's still there. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the joke is still that mm-hmm. Fraser thinks that they figured out mm-hmm. his secret and then it mm-hmm. turns out to be that instead, which mm-hmm. is never going to not. Which feel a little bit like. Let's face it, with that character, nothing about his Canadianness is a secret, so. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> uh. Oh. The next one, um, oh, and this was, we, we were talking a little bit about the dance. So he is helping this, uh, uh, the, the girl who is the friend of the girl who is selling. <laughs> I need to just give them, like, assign them yeah. letters. But yeah, yeah like. The yeah. best friend the and best the friend. runaway. The best friend girl. and the runaway. Yeah. Um, so he's helping the best friend uh, on the dance floor, essentially. And he's like. That boy over there, the one by the punch. I'm doing a terrible impression of it. <laughs> like that boy over there, the one by the punch. I don't wait. That's that's a Star Wars character I'm doing. It, anyway, it, that does sound like a little. <laughs> it's, it's very like oh, Ben Kenobi. Um, <laughs> so we're just gonna pretend it was uh... Ben Kenobi. Uh, that boy over there, the one by the punch. No, now he's, a, now he's. I'm gonna stop making a voice. He's now a beetle. Uh, he's like basically he's going to come over and ask you to dance. And she just goes, like, oh, I, I don't know. That's, no, I, I don't know. He's not even looking at me. He's not even <laughs> looking at me. And the response is, you have to trust me. I have a pre- pre- <laughs> I have a profound understanding of a young man's mind. I didn't like that joke as much, but I liked the, I, I, I didn't mm. like the idea of the joke. But again, because of the way it's portrayed. And I think that's the thing. Because of the way it's portrayed. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I really, I really think all of these jokes in the hands of someone who was doing, like I mentioned the box trolls earlier, like the, the disgusting, like if it was not Frasier, if it was Ray that was doing this, mm-hmm. I don't think they would have handled it well. Yeah. I think it would have been Ray like bumbling all over the place and going like, I'm a woman. And it just would not... Well, yeah. Ray thinks that his mm-hmm. ex-girlfriend, who he was yeah. his girlfriend when he, they were teenagers, became a nun because like her dad caught them fooling around. Yeah, and like there's a, like he, Ray is That's... definitely not good about <laughs> women or men or anything. So like it would be women bad or men. For sure. We assume he'd be terrible with non-binary people. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he would be. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I, but I think that because of the way this is portrayed and the way that they're like, like specifically on the mm-hmm. screen portrayed, a lot of these jokes that do have an inherent transphobia to them are not bad. They're not hard to take in. They're actually like very palatable, but I don't think a general audience would get them as it pertains to trans representation, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 So talk to me a little bit about this ending, because I will freely admit 
I and I said this is I didn't know if I was going to reveal this on the podcast. I <laughs> did not get a chance to finish the episode. I got so close, and then we have to record. Um, but you filled me in on what happened. Fill fill our audience yes. in on the the ending. Spoiler alert to a very old show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have a big confrontation. The the whole mystery part is that the runaway has discovered this cache of old treasures that were squirreled away by Al Capone's uh, <laughs> brother-in-law, I think they say. Mm-hmm. And he's like, got Elias Ness's gun and all this gold and jewelry and all this sort of fancy stuff. And, and they hid it under this uh, convent or school or whatever. And so she's been selling it. But of course, that at- attracts the wrong kind of attention. Mm-hmm. There's a confrontation with the bad guys. And uh, the the best friend has a chance to sort of stand up to the runaway and make her own choices because the runaway is always like, we're going to run away and we're going to have our own mm-hmm. life together. And the best friend doesn't really want to do that, but she's always kind of the more timid personality. So they ba- she basically like comes back to rescue Fraser and Ray who have been you know caught by the, the gunmen who are stealing all this stuff. And to distract them so they can fight them off, she throws a bottle of whiskey. And there's sort of a third level plot where Fraser's boss who doesn't like him is going to entertain some diplomat and wants this really rare bottle of whiskey and is like mad at Fraser for not being able to track it down <laughs> yep. and Fraser realizes that the bottle that was thrown was this whiskey mm. that he's been looking for so they've, they've subdued the bad guys and then the runaway is like yeah I want to be in on this too and finds another bottle and hurls it through the air and Fraser does one of those like dramatic like leaps to catch things mm-hmm. and the wig flies off so they as find out, yeah, as like <laughs> mm-hmm. kept it on all this fight and all this time, mm-hmm. but it flies off and they're like, oh, Mrs. Fraser, Miss Fraser, you're a crossdresser. And then they arrest the bad guys and they get to have the sort of post bad guy conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about standard, you standard lied part to of... me, well did I, you know, and mm-hmm. sort of come to a conclusion with that. And yeah. then Fraser and Ray walk away and they have their cop patter mm. where... Ray's like, actually, you you make a pretty good woman. You know, you look good. But, uh, I mean, you're not my type. And Fraser's like, well, what's your type? And he's like, well, I like a woman who's kind and thoughtful and polite. And Fraser's like, I'm all those things. Yeah, like literally describing. Literally describing his character. Yeah. And Ray's like, well, yeah, but, you know, I I also like a woman who's, you know, a woman. (laughs) And Fraser goes, well, that's just picky, Ray. Which, and again, like, I know, like, I haven't actually physically seen it, but, like, based on your description <laughs> yeah. of it, like, no, that, that fits in because it's some, yeah. like, it red, um, some, like, it hot. in the car, yeah. and he's, like, like and Ray's, like, so what are you mm-hmm. doing later? And Fraser's, like, nothing with you. And Ray's, like, you're so picky. And they're kind of, like, chuckling yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, again, like, for the characters, it's really funny. Yeah. And although it is, again, not acknowledging the truth existence of trans people at all this i did sort of enjoy this little bit of an insinuation Mm -hmm. that like but as a person i have all these qualities so like why are you being weird about Mm -hmm. but quote unquote a woman yeah no and i actually and i do really like that and again i think they were just and i i I can only speak to what i assume the original writers and creators Mm. were going for but I do feel kind of like they were going for just like the some like it hot thing, but at the same time, that some like it hot thing, and we haven't done some like it hot yes, yet. Yes, it's true. I, I guess this is the kick in the ass to do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that like it it is a good mentality 
on the surface. Mm -hmm. Like this idea of like, it's about the person, not necessarily anything else. At the same time, that does erase a lot of sexuality. It erases a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But, but sure, as a base. And doesn't also acknowledge that Mm -hmm. you could, Fraser could have been a woman. Like, right. Like there's nothing Mm -hmm. looking, you know, so. So it doesn't acknowledge that, of course, the idea of, of trans people who yeah. don't fit what we imagine people look like. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so there's there's a lot that is missing from this to be a good representation <laughs> and a whole representation. But at the same time, I think it's actually like a pretty, I yeah, like I think it's pretty decent in that way. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I'm, I want to bring up again, and we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, is that last kind of discussion that mm-hmm. Fraser has with the best friend mm-hmm. that idea of you lied to me and I mean this entire episode is predicated and I'm, I'm using that a lot I'm going to use that is the word and I'm going to google it now to make sure I'm not saying something horrible but um, the whole thing is pretty much just about statement estimated as likely to happen in the future well i'm close um the whole I, I thing feel yeah good about it yeah um <laughs> but yeah like the the entire episode is is based around this idea that he is not a woman he went undercover and maybe the things that he said and this new confidence that she gained is from that and that there is honesty in what he was saying mm-hmm. But it's tough because then we're looking at this as, again, she has expressed to him, everyone around me lies to me. Everyone around me doesn't tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there is a lot that they are not intending to state, but that it's stating in doing that. Well, and like the show, and and this I think is often the case, Mm. the show kind of feels like it can get away with the fact that the best friend, she... She agrees with that statement when he yeah. says, everything I told you was true except for this one thing. I'm not actually a woman. Mm. And she's kind of like, yeah, you're right. And it almost feels like a lesson. And because the character agrees with the statement, yeah. it kind of lets the show be like, see, it's fine. Yeah. And which is, of course, we know mm-hmm. is not just because one person feels a wet that way about it or because you wrote her to be okay right. with it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that the sentiment is accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if especially if we're talking about, again, in the time period, if we're setting it, if we're keeping it with a time, if we're discussing a time, if there were a number of, and trans people existed, trans people were out, mm-hmm. trans people were open, if there were a number of pieces with trans representation that were affirming and saying trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary people exist, mm-hmm. that... If these existed, something like this, because I really do want to hold space for this idea of people playing with gender norms can be funny, because it can be. Yeah, because gender norms are mm-hmm. silly, and yeah. if you actually think about it, it is pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because these things don't exist, it it kind of, like, this episode, it's hard to hold this episode in a vacuum and mm. just say, like, oh, okay, well, it's great because of this. It's like, eh, it's kind of perpetuating a lot of societal bullshit uh, around the representation of trans women and specifically in this case trans women and not even acknowledging the existence of trans men which is a thing so it's true yeah so all that said i did really like this episode (laughs) i thought it was actually quite good and 
um, I think, again, because of the way it was portrayed. So I'm jumping into our last two questions already. Yes. Did we enjoy? Um, I did. I thought it was actually really good. I am interested in the series as a whole because of it. Um, and again, I'm actually more interested in just having Silas tell me random episodes. <laughs> like, if you text me every day another episode that happened, I, I would be happy. All right. <laughs> um, what about you? I mean, I think that it's pretty clear that I love this episode and I love this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm very emotionally attached to the character as well. Mm. Um, and especially like, you know, this was years before I realized my identity, but like growing up as a little trans mm. boy, you know, to have a role model like that, I think. Mm. So, yeah, I, I definitely and I enjoyed the episode very much. Awesome. Uh, so now the real question mm-hmm the title of the podcast is it transphobic yeah do you want me to answer first or do you want to yes, take a stab okay go for it. i think no matter what this episode i think it's better on the scale i think it's still like a solid middle mm. because like it's probably more of a like if it's a five it's probably more of a four than a six but at the same time it, it like the trope is the trope and the trope existed at the time as a thing that no matter what it's gonna have some bs that we can't just pretend was okay for the time period yeah because that's what has led to a lot of erasure of trans narratives and erasure of trans experiences um so it's because of the way it was portrayed so it's tough but at the same time hey this could have been a lot worse could have been yeah mm-hmm. i would agree with that assessment i think it's right around like a four or a five and i think so much of the problem too just comes from the lack of acknowledgement like not acknowledging that trans people exist is transphobia in and of mm-hmm. itself and then you also get into the vernacular that we have like the the show is using the same visual gags that were always used and it, they are gentler with them and they're less they're not saying necessarily bad things, but it's still the same language and it's still the same joke. So even if you're saying it kindly, you can't escape some transphobia there, I think. Yeah. Awesome. So is there anything that we haven't discussed about the episode that we really, we've just got a burning desire oh. to talk about? Because I think, I think we're good. I and if that's the case, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was like trying to think if there's any... Like details that unrelated to yeah, you know, like maybe the, in another episode where this happens again because I, they just yeah. ran out of no. ideas in the writers' room. No, okay, no <laughs> I guess there's the so. bit. There's the bit where mm. he's on duty and his mm. boss, who's a lady, notices that he's wearing perfume. <laughs> oh, that's right, which yep. is pretty funny. <laughs> and like notes, and like I think she notes the perfume specifically too. I could be wrong, or I maybe think he, he said, yeah, he yeah. tells her what kind it is, mm-hmm. and the she's other, just like, mm-hmm. huh. And then she walks away and he sniffs his, his mm. wrist and is like, yeah. I suppose the, the only other thing I want to make sure that we state before we tell people where to find us is, um, like, the term crossdresser came up. And, yes. like, crossdresser as a term has its own inherent issues in mm. that, like, it's not necessarily, like, it's tough, especially for a trans person. Like, I will admit I grew up and the way that I would express verbally who I was was to say that I was a crossdresser for a long mm-hmm. time. But at the same time, that is the idea that it, there is kind of a binary thinking behind it is like you're one and you're 
cross-dressing as another. Yes. But at the, the exact same time, there are a number of people that do use that term to define themselves. And that's, I feel like that's totally valid. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it is a very different experience than a trans experience. But there are a lot yeah. of overlapping things that can happen. No. So I think... Because I just, I know that there are also a lot of trans people that don't like cross-dressers, don't like the term cross-dresser. It's been used against people a It lot. has. Like, a lot more mm-hmm. than the term drag has. Yeah. Whereas, like, and, and Fraser and Ray, I believe, mm-hmm. always use the term drag when they talk about it. Yeah. And it's the teenagers who say cross-dresser. Yeah. Which I noted, wasn't quite sure what to make of it, but mm-hmm. I did notice that that term comes out during the reveal when it's, like, yeah. a bigger deal that it's happening, which feels a little more iffy than just in the beginning when Ray's like Mm -hmm. oh I didn't know you did drag and versus like well you know I think it's good for men to experience what it's like to be a woman and you're like Mm -hmm. okay I don't hate that sentiment Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of cis guys out there who should walk a mile in a a lady's shoes and see what it's like to live in this society Mm -hmm. you know so (laughs) sure to be the joker <laughs> do you want them to no we live in a society yeah anyway I um don't like that movie <laughs> I, I love that meme though <laughs> um so <laughs> cool uh yeah basically i just want to yeah i just wanted to kind of disambiguate that and also say yeah. like drag is totally valid drag folks are amazing yeah. um there are some that, like so like every group like every group there are some that aren't but yes most drag folks that i know in the drag scene are amazing as well uh, and trans people can do drag trans people can do drag cis people can honestly cis women can do drag as women i don't care what you think yes don't at me um i agree mm-hmm. so that said how can people find you if you want them to find you now that we've just say, stated these things yes come <laughs> don't at, at me. me here's um, my here's my twitter info here's my twitter my mm-hmm. twitter and my instagram is inland underscore sailor uh, you can find me on Facebook, Silas Barrett, and you can also read my work on Tor.com, Silas K. Barrett, because I felt the need to distinguish myself as a writer <laughs> with a fancy middle initial. Yeah. Uh, yep, you can find me on the internet on Twitter at Lucretia Deer 4, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R, and the number four. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at AshleyRogers83, and you can also find the Is It Transphobic podcast on Twitter at Is It Transphobic? Uh, you can also go to our Patreon. Our Patreon is amazing. Uh, I love all the people that support us there. I'm sorry that I'm not good at Patreon, but know that I do love you. I do see it. And without you, it would be infinitely harder to try and get all of this stuff uh, moving that we get moving. Um, that said, also Silas, at this point, because it's very close to being official from the day that we're recording this, Scowl Ladder Mageddon is happening in March. It's happening the end of March at the Tank, and we're raising money for it, and it's going to be amazing. Silas, you, do you want to talk a little bit about what your character is? Sure. <laughs> um, my character is the Scowl Referee, Sam Eagle Eye. Mm-hmm. He's very much also lawful good. He mm-hmm. is all about respecting the rules and fair play and... Not being too much of a weirdo, which is, you know, kind of a, a, a counterintuitive sentiment given Very both wrestling and world. being trans, yeah. um, but he makes it work. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Fantastic. All right. Thank you all so much. Uh, yeah, you're amazing. You are. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. 
The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweden, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com.